In recent years, I've encountered some freedom fighters who claim there is no law requiring us to pay federal income taxes. Is this true? Today we explore the main reasons these individuals claim there is no law requiring us to pay income taxes and what the Constitution and federal statutes say about it. I'm constitutional attorney Katherine Henry. For more than 20 years, I've been fighting for the underdog. But since COVID began, I've devoted all my time and efforts to fighting against government tyranny and educating and empowering the public. So welcome to our next episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. The main argument made by the federal income tax deniers is that there is no law requiring us to pay the federal income tax. The first question we must ask to determine whether there is a legit law on any given subject is, is there authority to make such a law provided in the U.S. Constitution? Many federal income tax deniers completely skip over this and claim there is nothing in the Constitution that provides the authority. However, there is. The 16th Amendment says, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Since the 16th Amendment explicitly gives Congress the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes, it's pretty clear that there's constitutional authority for a law to be enacted by Congress to do so. At this point, though, Some claim that the 16th Amendment was never properly ratified. There were 48 states in 1913, the year when the 16th Amendment was said to be ratified. That meant that the amendment required ratification by state legislatures in 36 states to become effective. In February 1913, Secretary of State Knox issued a proclamation that not just 36, but in fact 38 states had ratified the amendment. The first time anyone challenged the ratification of the 16th Amendment in court was in the 1975 case of United States versus Scott, and this came 62 years after the ratification. The next main person to challenge the 16th Amendment's ratification was William Benson, who published a book raising various contentions in 1985. Now, these individuals claimed some states never actually ratified the 16th Amendment, even though the Secretary of State claimed that they did. They also claimed several other states ratified different versions of the 16th Amendment. Benson additionally claims many states violated provisions of their own state constitutions or state law with the process they used to ratify the 16th Amendment. Benson's book and its allegations were then used by several people fighting charges of willful failure to file federal income tax returns, including William Benson himself. So, what are key takeaways from all of these cases? First, no one legally challenged the 16th Amendment's ratification until 62 years after it was ratified. 
Number two, no one legally challenged the 16th Amendment's ratification until their own butt was on the line and they faced prison time for failure to file federal income tax returns. None of the states joined in these claims. That the U.S. Secretary of State lied about the original 38 states ratifying the 16th Amendment. In other words, not a single state Secretary of State or State Attorney General or other state government representative shared in this contention that their state had not properly ratified the 16th Amendment as we know it. In all of these cases, the 16th Amendment claims were not found to have any legal merit. In fact, William Benson himself was sentenced to four years in prison and five years of probation for failure to file his federal income tax returns. Although Wikipedia is often not a great source of information, on this particular topic, they actually do a great job of outlining Benson's specific arguments and which court cases have made decisions on these 16th Amendment allegations. So, I've included the Wikipedia link to this topic. Now, simply claiming that a U.S. constitutional amendment was never properly ratified, that's an easy thing to do, and several have publicly done that. But none have been successful in raising this issue in court, and none have gone further and tried to get any of the affected states to so-called clear the air and get their ratification issues corrected or otherwise addressed. So, as it stands, the 16th Amendment provides authority for Congress to enact laws to collect a federal income tax. Federal income tax deniers here often claim there exists no such federal law to pay income tax. So what is there? Well, there's the Internal Revenue Code and federal tax regulations. The Internal Revenue Code is found in Title 26 of the United States Code and starts with Section 1. In other words, 26 U.S.C. Section 1, etc. Now, the U.S.C. literally means United States Code and is the very definition of federal statutes. In fact, it is the compilation of all laws passed by Congress and signed by the President. However, Federal tax regulations are not laws. They are rules and regulations put together by the U.S. Department of the Treasury, which is a part of the executive branch. And under the Constitution, Article 1 only allows Congress to have lawful authority to enact laws, not the various departments of the executive branch. So, does Title 26 of the United States Code require us to pay federal income tax and file federal income tax returns? The very first section of Title 26 gives us that answer, which is yes. It says, there is hereby imposed on the taxable income of various types of individuals tax according to the following tables. So, are there any constitutional problems with our federal income tax laws? Yes. Numerous ways in which the people are treated unequally under the t 
federal tax code. In other words, there's a violation of our right to equal protection under the law that's guaranteed to us by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Various individuals are taxed differently. You have married individuals, heads of households, unmarried individuals, married individuals filing separate returns, estates and trusts, etc., 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 and that's only in Section 1. The entire tax code is replete with areas where individuals are treated differently under the law. Now, number two, the Internal Revenue Code is thousands of pages long. It's overly wordy, complex, often contradictory. The average citizen, heck, the average attorney, has no notice and opportunity to be heard on issues of federal taxes because no one can reasonably understand the thousands of pages of tax code without both an attorney and an accountant that specialize in tax law. So, is there constitutional authority for Congress to make a law requiring us to pay federal income taxes? Yes. Is there, in fact, a federal law or statute properly enacted that requires us to pay federal income taxes? Yes. Are there constitutional problems with federal income tax laws? Yes, just not the ones raised by federal income tax deniers. For additional information on the various points raised here, I've also included a link that goes direct to the IRS and explains some of these differences between Internal Revenue Code and tax, uh, federal tax regulations, etc. The only way we're going to restore our freedom is if we base our arguments on the Constitution, not on pseudo-law. Want to interact on this important topic? Comment on this video or call in the second Tuesday of the month at noon Eastern Standard Time to participate in our live constitutional discussion. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. And remember, together we can restore freedom.